You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Welcome to Beyond Infinity, Piers Cunningham and John Young with you, talking science and technology. Now, John, you've been reading up and researching as a, as a regular window user. You're quite interested in developments in this space, and you've been reading up and researching developments happening in 2021 with Windows 10. And it sounds like some um, some pretty big changes in store. Yeah, look, it's you know I'm I'm right into the Windows uh, user experience. Have been since um, you know the, the the 90s back in you know Windows 3.1, I think it was, and yeah. um, and and also within the Android e- ecosystem, I don't use any Apple products. Maybe some tech support uh, occasionally with an iPad yeah. or a Mac or something, but um, yeah. for my everyday use, I'm using Windows 10. And when Windows 10 was announced uh, and released, I think there was some hesitation from people because previous uh, Windows updates hadn't been that great. But I've got to say, the experience on the current Windows 10, that is, you know, we're 2020 as we record this, has actually been quite good. It works well, it's smooth, it's got the easy-to-use big sort of tile buttons in the start menu. I haven't had or come across a problem with it. But there's Mm. always things that can be improved on for sure. And one of those is about integration with your mobile device. So having my Oppo phone, which we've talked about a few times on the show now, that runs yep. the Android system, which is effectively built off the, the Linux programming language. Yep. And I have a HP Spectre laptop, which actually runs the, you know, the Windows user experience. But these are two different systems, very different systems. And unless you've got an app that's built for Windows and then is, say, a cloud-based app that works with Android, you don't really have any crossover. You don't actually, you can't share things that easily with it. Not like you can, let's say, with an, you know, in your Mac world. I can use, let's say, Microsoft Word on, the, on my computer and then I can install the Word app on my phone. And yes, there is some crossover there, but because I'm in the Google atmosphere or ecosystem, I tend to use the Google products, you know, the Google Drive and the Google Docs and Google Spreadsheets, but that doesn't necessarily carry across um, across to Windows. I mean, it does, but it's it, it's you know still working in the cloud and all that. And so, one of the new or the recent announcements from Windows or Microsoft is that they're looking to update in 2021 their system so that you can actually use Android apps natively within you know the Windows platform. And right. so this is um, it's sort of their second attempt, and they've dubbed this one Project Latte. And their, their first attempt from about five years ago was they, they actually tried to bring out their own Microsoft phone. And so this, you know, we have the iPhones, we have the Android phones, and they tried to then bring out their own competing phone because they could see everybody was going mobile. But what that meant for developers was, well, now that they, you know, they've, they've got not only two stores to build for, they actually now have to build for a third store because Microsoft wanted to build their own platform, their own system. Uh, and unfortunately, Microsoft really stuffed it up. They changed how the system was supposed to work a couple of times. Uh, and then there wasn't a huge adoption with the, the Windows types phones, and so it actually mm. f- fizzled out pretty quickly. It was a it was a very poor implementation. You know, people said, "Oh, it's great, you should get on it," but 
uh, when I used it, uh, I, I think I, I tried it a couple of times and I found it clunky. It didn't work well. Um, and so Android has matured. It's developed very well. And it's it's got a, a larger portfolio of apps as well. So that, that, yep, sure. It's it's become the dominant. You know, if it's if you're not using iOS, basically it's Android. Exactly. Uh, that that are, that are dominating that space. So it makes sense for Windows to try to integrate itself and and as you said, like have that sort of seamless operation between devices from your from your laptop to your phone, for example. Yeah, really I think, handy to be able to do. I think Microsoft have basically accepted the fact that you know they're not going to be able to have their own app system. Yes, they do have apps. They've got the mm. cloud-based technology and they do have their, their own apps and they'll probably continue to develop those, but they're probably more focused for a desktop or laptop scenario and they're not focused on a uh, on your mobile device. But I mean, think about, you know, if you want that seamless transition between your mobile device and your computer, I mean, let's say you're working on something on your computer, but you need to leave and jump on a, um, on a bus or, you know, you're going somewhere. You just want that sort of seamless transition between the two and there yes. are there are ways that you can do this there's always kind of a plug-in that you can connect you know for example there's a program called BlueStacks which you can emulate apps on your Windows device but that's not something for everybody and it takes a few steps and you have to be pretty pretty good with tech to understand how that works it's not sort of an off-the-shelf okay. kind of plug-in and so mm-hmm. with this it's looking like they're going to allow the existing Android apps from the Play Store to be with you know with little or no code code changes to be repackaged into a Windows format which is apparently going to be under MSIX or M6 and that will be then you know submitted into the effectively the Microsoft store but it will be an Android app available in the Windows Microsoft store and then you okay. would download that, and then you could run that on your device. And what this means is that people that have a Windows device, maybe you've got your work computer, maybe you've got you know a laptop at home or a computer at home, and you've got an Android phone, it just means that there should be seamless transition between all of them. Send this to your device, and it's you're able to pick up exactly where you left off. That's the idea behind it. Rather than having to save it, close it, store it in the cloud, open it in a different app in a different way. This should be, you know, a seamless transition be- between the um, the two systems. Now, there are Which downsides. Really yeah, look, but there are downsides. I mean, you think about an app that's designed for, let's say, a, a mobile device or even bigger, say, maybe a tablet. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to look good on a larger screen um, format. Uh, I tend to find that, I don't know what it's like for an iPad, but you might have apps that are designed for a, a mobile device, but then once you get to a tablet, it might actually be somewhat of a different app that they've had to create, or or it certainly is formatted very differently, and so you might have to almost relearn that app. So I, I guess probably more the, the laptop desktop version is going to be more in line with what, say, a, a, a tablet version would be for those apps as well. Did- yeah, that's right. And, and there's an, there's actually an iPad OS now. So it used to be that iOS, the apps worked either on an iPhone or an iPad. And now what they've done, because of the reasons that you're alluding to, they've actually got a, an iPad OS, which has got slight, a slightly different bunch of apps that run on it. So if you search for an app, an, an app for an iPad on an iPad, it will offer you things that will work on an iPad as opposed to on an on iOS mobile on, a, on an iPhone. So a little bit of differentiation between those two products, even with the Apple, Apple ecosystem. One of the other things that might uh, potentially hold things up a little bit is that 
Google Play services that actually require sort of the connection between Google itself and the, the phone may mm. lack some of the support that is required for these apps to work within a Windows or um, system. So that's something mm. that Microsoft will have to gain access to. There's going to be proper functionality that's required for that to actually work. So it's that's a pretty big thing. But I guess it's also just a it's a deal with Google where they say, yep, you, yeah. can, you can use it, that's fine, but pay us some royalties. And I'm sure that there's, you know, royalties going the other way as well. There's all, you know, in those big companies, there's money traveling around everywhere for people sure. do, using different systems. So there's probably some credit, yeah. credit-based system. Has that actually been confirmed that that Google is going to cooperate with this, this integration with Windows? Uh, I think it's at this moment, it's more like an announcement. This is the intention. I believe it won't be until sort of mid to late 2021. Uh, I'm not sure that there's been a commitment from Google at this stage to say, yes, you can do it. But what it might mean is there's some kind of workaround which they can implement into the system if they decide not to play fair um, or nice. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that they can do this because when, when you think about it, Google would be making the money because any apps you pay for that, that can be used on Windows, well, people are more inclined to then buy more apps if they need to use these services. And sure. some of these free apps then have advertising in there, which the revenue goes to Google. So potentially if it's opened up like this on a Windows system, then it actually just means more money for Google. Given that Windows is such a, such a dominant desktop operating system, it's, it's got to be good for Google and for Android to have tight integration. And I just wanted to add, one of the other things that they're sort of looking at is, and maybe this would be a hindrance, but Google could have kind of cloud PC Google system that, that's been available for a while now. It might be under attack from Microsoft. So this is Chrome OS is something where there's lots of different laptops that are available that run Chrome OS, and this is sort of the Android-based laptops. They're really stripped-down laptop that's lightweight but uses the cloud system, you know, but it Mm -hmm. uses things like docs and spreadsheets that are all the Google products. Now, that has actually done really well, particularly in America, I believe, where um, a lot of schools are are using the Chrome OS model or system because Mm -hmm. it's cheap, it's easy to use, and what this has meant is that Windows or Microsoft is now struggling a little bit with that section of the market. So they're looking at now trying to create their own cloud PC, which uh, I believe will be Windows 10X. And that will be sort of a a stripped down lightweight model. And that will be to compete with the the likes of Chrome OS and, and put on sort of I guess any lightweight type um, PC, but then there's also some of the new sort of clamshell type tablet systems that they're, they're looking to release as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and you, a few new models of, of things that are coming out. Um, and so, so we'll see how th- this kind of plays out. So maybe Google will play fair and say, yes, you can have the Android apps on your system on Windows, but as long as you don't do the, you know, the cloud, the MX, you know, 10X system on, uh, on your computers and don't compete against us, maybe. I, d- I don't know at this stage. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Because Chromebooks, you're right, they, they are popular in the education space. And I know that they're also used. There are some, um, some state schools in Australia that uh, have them you know, recommended as the standard computer for kids, for primary school level kids. It becomes complicated, doesn't it? Because all these businesses are overlapping each other in different ways. I mean, Microsoft has Bing, which competes with Google Search, although it probably doesn't compete that well. And now to be building something that's going to compete against the Chromebook, which is a very popular device, 
it's Google's way of muscling into Windows territory in a sense. Yeah, it is. It so, is. so Microsoft's Microsoft taking that on uh, in in a way by by bringing out their own kind of equivalent of of Chrome OS. It'll be some kind of deal that's required. There are going to be clearly mutual benefits to the um, to Google the Google Play Store where all those apps are, which I think Google takes a thirty percent royalty. I know that um, Apple does with the iOS. It's thirty percent of of uh, if the if it's a paid for app. Um, and then I believe yeah, pretty, I think it, it, it'll be around that kind of percentage. Yes, I yeah, don't so know it's exact, pretty big yeah. money, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, oh, it's yeah. a big chunk that comes out of every which they don't pay to make the to, to do the development. In Google's case, even though they do do some curating. They don't do as much as, I mean, that's one of the differences which we've discussed in the past is that iOS is a more tightly curated app store than Google Play Store. And so as a result of that, there's been, you know, I think more examples of some malware creeping into the Android ecosystem as opposed to iOS. But I mean, it's certainly much better now. It's like it was a bit of the Wild West a few years ago, and that still Mm. does happen. It's a little bit more open uh, than what the. iOS system is, but um, mm. there's also, you know, there are ways to check this. They've got Google Play Protect, which sort of does an app scan um, on your phone to check to see that the codes have not been altered and to, and to make sure that the thing's not harmful. And it's also, uh, I'm not sure what it's like with the iPhones, but the, the Android phones nowadays, particularly with the, the, the most current versions of the operating system, uh, Android 10 and and 11, it gives you a lot more granular control over the permissions. So when you install an app and you open that app, it will actually ask you, well, this app needs access to GPS or to your gallery or to this. And you can decide if you want to give the full access or access only when in use or no access at all to each of those permissions. And if you're ever concerned about things, you could then actually go and turn those off at a later point. And it does respect those because it understands that it, you, know, you, you need to have this kind of control to trust your device. Absolutely, when, especially when things like, you know, do you want access to a microphone? Do you want access to location services? Do you want access to the camera? You know, all these things, or your photo library, all these things are often asked by apps. And, and then they also say, look, if you, don't, if, you, if you want to change this in settings later, of course you can. So I'll tend to sort of say no. You know, yeah. do you yeah. want access to location services? No, not at this stage. Uh, access to your camera? No. Microphone? No. So the same sort of thing ha- applies with iOS when you download something. So it's good to hear that that, that same thing applies with Android. Definitely an interesting year for Windows. I have been impressed. I mean, one of the things with Windows that, that has put me off over the years is there have been these you know stories of... of and, and again, it's kind of... It makes sense because Windows is such a, 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 a vastly more popular and widely used you know in percentage terms i think it's you know it's something like 85 percent of uh of the world's pcs desktop computers laptops and uh desktops uh, are running windows it's incredibly popular uh, and widespread software and and accordingly there's a lot more applications made for it as well so if you want to have access to the fullest and widest variety of of desktop software it's actually easier for you to run windows uh, than it is to to run mac os which is the apple desktop operating system so one of the issues that i've 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 come across and i think it's been quite well documented is that there's been security issues with earlier versions of windows or bugs but I have noticed because, um, you know, with lockdown and stuff, the homeschooling this year, I've been forced to uh, get hold of a Windows 10 device. Mm-hmm. And actually, and, and actually, while it still retains that, you know, I mean, I'm very familiar, like most people, Windows XP has been around forever. And it's still, you know, there's quite a lot of similarities in the way that XP looked and the way that it worked. 
to the way that Windows 10 works, but it just kind of does things a bit better and it's, it's obviously a, a better looking and sort of smoother looking interface now. And I believe that uh, some of the changes are going to be to the user interface with, you know, 2021 versions mm-hmm. yeah. of Windows that come out, which will be interesting as well. So it's kind of, I think it's, it's matured and it's, I mean, it's been around for ages. They've really nailed down some of the issues that used to apply to Windows and really got it working pretty well. I'm not sure. I don't use it personally as on a security level, but I, I just seem to hear less about problems with Windows computers crashing, being vulnerable to viruses and malware, less so now than, than in the past. Yeah, look, you know, there's always going to be security issues. There's always going to be people trying to find workarounds, um, but they spend their time working more on the Windows workarounds because, as you alluded to, you know, there's a higher proportion of people using that model, that system. So, mm. um, you know, go for the go for the system where there's more people using it, look for the vulnerabilities, and that's why we always recommend update to the latest, you know, versions because that's where if there has been a loophole found, a backdoor found, then, uh, you know, Windows, Microsoft have ho- hopefully then fixed that and in the new updates uh, will have prevented that from affecting your system. Let's say there was more Mac users uh, overall, that would probably mean that there would be more ways to attack that system or other other loopholes that, that hackers are trying to you know access and find because it's not that there is no malware for Macs. it just you know it happens to be that there's um you know there's more avenues there's less of it. yeah the less yeah, less of it because maybe there's less uh, people attempting to do it it yep. would be good to see sort of what the numbers are um to do a c- comparison also a little bit because of you know windows is a bit more open you know you can get under the uh, under the bonnet and actually adjust some of the code, some of the, the way that the actual system works uh, because you need to with a Windows machine to, to make it operate. But it is a lot more locked down, uh, particularly if you have other people accessing it to it. You know, I have multiple user accounts on my PC. One is an admin user, which, you know, I don't necessarily log into all that often. And then one is a work user. And the work user is sort of a pared down access version. And so that means that if anyone else gained access to my PC, whether that be by physical access or, you know, by remotely accessing it, then because I'm not signed in as an admin user, theoretically, they're not getting the kind of full admin access to make the set of necessarily changes that they could to take over my computer. Like there's, yeah. you know, there's, but there's always still ways, you know, that, that people can gain access and, and get into you, whether it be your bank account or your, your computer to lock it up and, and take your money. But Security stuff we've covered elsewhere, and, and I know we'll cover it again. But this one was more. This episode was more about, uh, you know, talking about some of the you know, the changes to you know Windows, the the twenty twenty one changes we expect to see, which is the integration of the Android ecosystem into Windows, joining the two there together because I think they're recognised. I think Windows can see that so many phones these days are an Android phone mm. so why mm. would they why would they say no uh, we don't want that they would want the android users to want to pair up with a windows device and make that experience better otherwise probably people would then maybe go towards more of a chromebook because if that works seamlessly if you can use your android phone and then you have a chromebook and everything works seamlessly between maybe that's an attractive option rather than a windows 10 pc and it's interesting you were talking about Windows 10X, which is which is taking on Google's uh, Chromebooks. And it's interesting that, that that's not something you can install on an existing PC. 
It'll only be available on new PCs that ship with it, which is just like the Chrome operating system is with Mac and, and also Mac OS and iPad OS. Mm-hmm, so you, mm-hmm. you've got to have a new device to be able to, well, you've got to have a device. So in the case of an iPad, it's got to be an iPad OS. It's an iPad. Chrome OS, it's a Chromebook. With Windows 10X, it will be something that users need to have a special device to, to run. Exactly, that's right. So we'll be keeping an eye on this. Once it actually does happen, hopefully it does happen and we get through, we'll be able to provide a review for the listeners and, and see how it integrates. Probably the later half or, or, or late 2021 is what we're looking at. All right, we'll keep an eye out for that one. Sounds very interesting. Big things in store for Windows in 2021. Beyond the Infinity.